and that's about as far as it goes. Um, I'm going to ask for your um, grace today because I've got a throat lozenges in, in my throat and in my mouth, and when it's gone, I'm putting another one in. And I don't normally put things, don't chew gum while I preach. I don't normally um, that, but I'm kind of um, um, trying to get through this um, physically. And my heart is here, and I'm enthusiastic about it. But my chest says, go lay down, give me some chicken noodle soup and some John Wayne movies, and we'll get through this day. You know? <laughs> Thanks, Carter. Yeah, <clears throat> today is not Downton Abbey, it's John Wayne all the way, okay, so... <laughs> oh, we do. We it'll be there, honey. You can see your Downton Abbey. I think. Okay. So, um, anyway, so thanks for grace today. And um, um, I, I, you know me, I like proverbs. So we're gonna. Here's a proverb from uh, chapter thirteen, verse ten. Where there is strife, there is pride. But wisdom is found in those who take advice. Yeah, boy, that's that's a good one. Uh, today we're in week um, three of a series, growing positive, and um, I, I think you know we just live in this this chronically negative world, and uh, it, right? You I mean you you probably see it all the time. There's so much discouragement everywhere, all the time. There's some bad news. In fact, it just all the time, and it, and it isn't just the media. I mean, it's this starts early, early in life. I mean, you know, our children go to school, and they're not picked for the team. Because they're not good enough, and that makes them feel bad, and and so right away, you know, they feel left out. They're not good enough, or, or they're not they're not picked to they're not selected to be able to take the advanced class because they're just not that good with math. As most people in the room go, yeah, that's right, that makes sense. You know, they just so they they just feel average or 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 less, and somebody makes fun of them because they're different, and you know, I mean. Think how hard it is today for 14-year-olds compared to like when I was 14, back in the covered wagon days. You know, and today for 14-year-olds, you know, in, in this environment of social media, you, you, the kids post a picture, and of course the computer's going to start registering likes. And so you can see your picture gets a couple likes, and your friend's picture, you know, it's going, ding, 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 ding. you know. And, and I mean, it used to be when I went to school, you just had to kind of figure out that you weren't you know, one of the most popular kids in school. Now today we have hard evidence that you're not the most popular in school. And, um, you know, it's discouraging. It's just discouraging. And then you grow up into the adult world and you go to work and your project, you do a project and your boss says, well, yeah, okay, it's, it's, it's acceptable. And you're thinking, man, I worked hard on that. And you get home and it seems like your spouse, not my spouse, your spouse is picking on you, but my spouse doesn't pick on me. No. Um, <laughs> and, and, and you have the holiday dinner, and your in-laws do not like the way you're raising your kids, and they tell you, and your kids don't like the way that you're raising them, and they tell you too. You know, and all these things go on, and it just causes to feel, you know, discouraged. You know, you, you buy a new pair of pants, and you think, hey, new pair of pants, I'm going to wear my new pants today, a new blouse. You wear it, your friend says, hey, is that a new pair of pants? You say, yeah. And they say, oh. Just, oh. No, oh, I like those, or like, put a bag over your head or something. I mean, there's nothing. You just, what does that mean? What do you mean just, oh? And, and you just feel discouraged. It's just all the time and all these things. It, it's just amazing. In a typical normal day, how many different voices or signals of discouragement we can have in just a single day? 
And I, I, that's why I think that today, you know, I'm, I've, I've been kind of pushing on this topic for a while. I believe that God wants to, to uh, speak to hearts, and, and he's going to use his word, if you'll allow it to, to renew you and to cause you to feel both, to, to both uh, be encouraged and to grow positive and to be an encourager. I, I, I think today, I, I know that the Lord wants to stir the heart of, of, of hearts of his followers, all of us, to become people who are encouragers. And God, I think, is call, calling us up to build people up in a world that's kind of constantly tearing, tearing things down. And that's why I want to say, first off, that one of the most spiritual things you can ever do is encourage somebody. One of the most, it, it is. One of the most spiritual things you can do is, is to be an encourager. And here's why this, this is true. And this is a key thought um, you know, today. It's going to be the basis for everywhere we go. And that's this. We need to understand that our God is an encouraging God. He's an actual encourager, and you're going to see that as we take a look at his word. You know, you think about that for just a minute. I mean, if you and I are somehow supposed to reflect who God is, and he's an encourager, it's got to rub off, rub off on us, because he is absolutely an encouraging God. Uh, so 2 Corinthians chapter 7, starting in verse 5, here's the Apostle Paul, and he's talking to um, people who live in Corinth, and that's, that's why the book is called Corinthians, because he's reading to... This is written to the people in the church in a town called Corinth, the Corinthians, okay? You with me? Okay, all right. So, verse 5. When we arrived in Macedonia, there was no rest for us. Do you ever feel like that? No rest, you know, you're going, you're going, and there's never any rest for you. He says, we faced conflict from every direction with battles on the outside and fear on the inside. (laughs) I, I, I have that underlined. I mean, I get I, I, battles on the outside and fear on the inside. I think that could describe a lot of us a lot of the time. I mean, you know, we, something's going on. I didn't expect that. I, I didn't see that coming um, kind of things. And, and I, I've got anxieties stirring up in my soul. I've got battles on the outside in my life and fear on the inside. And then in verse 6, he says these powerful words, but God. But God, you know, you know, I, I can't help myself as a preacher. Every time I see a but God in the Bible, you know, it's, it's, there's something negative followed by that phrase, but God. I think there's always something really cool going on, and it says this, but God who encourages those who are discouraged, but God who, discour- who encourages those who are discouraged, encourages us by the arrival of Titus. Our God encourages people who are discouraged. I, I hope today that if you walked into church feeling discouraged, or you're hurting, and, or there's some situation and you don't know which way to go. You're facing some decisions. You're not sure what you're supposed to do. You know, you've got challenges at home. You've got challenges at work. You've got financial challenges. You know, you, 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 maybe you've got health challenges. I mean, um, you're hurting for some reason, and, and you're feeling discouraged. I, I hope you understand. Conflict on the outside, fear on the inside. I hope you understand that we serve a God who encourages the discouraged. Our God does that. And, and uh, so we're going to see here. And how did, how did God encourage this guy, Paul? Well, he's, he, in this case, he sends him a, a guy named Titus. But here's what transpired in Paul's mind. I mean, Paul the Apostle attributed what, 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 the arrival of this other person who shows up. He attributed that as an act of a decision in heaven. And one of the purposes of that decision was to encourage Paul. And... I mean, I think there's something, this good news in that little scenario there, because if you have eyes to see spiritual things, I mean, 
I mean, if, if events, things that go on in your life that others just might consider circumstances, things that are going on, those kinds of things, you'll be able to recognize them as God's intervention. Not talking about making things up, but you'll be able to see, if you're willing to see it, you'll be able to see where the Lord is intervening in your life with ways to encourage you, you know, and you'll feel like somebody cares about me. God cares. You know, um, God sent somebody, and I can see what he's up to here. There's, a, there's something going on here, and, and my good God. I mean, and, and I know that there are times that you'll also be the person sent by God to be the encourager. Lisa and I were uh, running errands earlier this week, and um, we had been up to the hospital um, a, a few days earlier visiting a couple people um, in, in the church. God, let's pray. Lord, people in the hospital in this moment are sick at home or sick in pulpits. <laughs> Lord, visit with healing. I think of people that I know that are in the hospital right now who the doctors have said some pretty scary things. Lord, I ask you to visit them with peace and with healing in your wings. In Jesus' name. Anyway, so we're, we'd already been to visit these people, and we were out rooting around doing you know, errands for the day, and we both had a sense, we need to get up to the hospital and visit these people again. And we were up there, we visited one person, and the Lord gave us a remind us of another person. And I, mean, and, and I know that the Lord just nudged us that day because those people needed encouragement. I think they needed encouragement more than we knew. We didn't go in there going, hey, uh, we know you're supposed to be encouraged. No, we just, the Lord put, on, put them on our hearts. So we went, so, and I think the Lord does that in our lives. And he'll use you that way, and he'll bless you that way, because the Lord intervenes to encourage his, his people. And I, I just want to just say to you, I, I want to encourage you to be an encourager. I'm encouraging you now to be an encourager. And you know, sometimes these very, very simple things that we do can make a real significant difference in somebody's life. I mean, it might not be a big deal to you, but, but God does these things. I mean, I remember one uh, Sunday, this has been a few years ago, out in the foyer here, and um, I could see God at work, and uh, you know, it was one, early one morning, and I, w- I happened to be out in front while people were still arriving, and there was a lot of, you know, hustle and bustle, I can't remember. The, the building was smaller then, so the, we were a little more compact, and... Um, and um, this guy walked in, um, and I knew that I knew him from like 10 years or more earlier. And um, I have to say that I wish I was better always with remembering names. I mean, sometimes, I, I don't know why, I remember sometimes I don't. Maybe just, does that happen to you? Please, please tell me that it happens to you too. Okay, so... Um, you know, anyway, he walks in. I hadn't seen this guy. And, and I didn't really, really know this guy a lot, but I, I, I had some interactions with him 10 or 15, long time ago. And at the time, my recollection of this guy was that he was kind of, you know, a little irascible. He was a little bit hard to get along with. He just kind of walked around like he had a chip on his shoulder all the time. And um, so he was, I think, socially, I don't know if he was outcast, but, you know, people just didn't want to be around him because he was negative all the time. And... Um, and when he walked in that morning, I could just see it painted on his face. He kind of had a chip on his shoulder. And he walked in, and he walked up, and he looked at me, and his eyes got really big. Um, I don't know why. Maybe I scared him. But, um, <laughs> but I, I'm just thinking, you know, I'm, I'm just, <laughs> I don't know what happened. But it was like I heard this comment. It was like a name missile drilled into the back of my head that I know heaven put it there. And um, I just, uh, instantaneously, without thinking about it, I just blurted out, hi, and I said his name. Then in the microsecond that followed that, I thought, "Uh uh-oh, I've either nailed this 
or completely blown this up because that might not be his name. And I watched his reaction. I just remember this. I mean, his reaction, I could see something open up in his countenance. It just began to warm up. And like, it's like, and he says, I can't believe you remembered my name. Now, I'm thinking, I can't believe I remembered your name either. <laughs> but, but I mean, it was just this, this thing that I can't take credit for being this wonderful guy that remembers all the it was, it was It was something that really encouraged him, and I just happened to be a pipeline through which the Lord sent this, this just this moment. And I thought, you know, God, I kind of like being available to be used by you to encourage people. And I don't always do that. Sometimes I shut myself down and I shut the flow off of whatever's going. And so I know you'll find other ways. But I kind of want to keep doing this. I like that. And I, I, I guarantee you, every one of you, if you have eyes to see, if you, if you have ears to hear, if you have a heart to be available, you're going to receive encouragement from God. You will. You'll be driving along, and there will be some song on the radio. And it's just, all of a sudden, it's going to be, wow. And you have been so encouraged by that song, and then you'll realize, God just had the DJ play that song for me. Or, you know, you're reading the Bible, and some verse, have you ever had that happen to some verse or passage jumps up and goes, wow, this so speaks to my today. And, um, and then you realize that it's not just a coincidence. Yeah, you have your ba- daily Bible reading, and, and yesterday it was a completely different subject, but somehow there was something relevant. I mean, but there's something in there where the Lord has intentionally, kind of almost like it's highlighted in your Bible. And you're thinking, wow, it's a good time to highlight and make a note. The Lord spoke to me and encouraged me this day and write the date down in your Bible. It's okay for you to write in your Bible. It's all right. Um, just don't cross out the verses you don't like. Just don't. <laughs> do that. But, um, you know, somebody sends you a text, hey, the Lord put you on my heart, and I just want you to know I I value our friendship. Do it. So so when you see something like that, you know, you realize that um, the Lord is is prevailing on people's hearts, and, um, um, you know, when there's there's trouble on the outside and fear on the inside, our God encourages the hearts of people who are discouraged. He just does that. And it's one of the most spiritual things you can do to be, to, to, to be like God is to be a voice of encouragement in this world that is full of discouragement and full of hurtful voices. So today, I want to give you three of the most spiritual things that you can do to make a difference. Um, three of the most spiritual things. And the first one is this. Encourage others daily. Encourage others daily. Why? Well, because you know we're overwhelmed all the time with these discouraging words that are re- constant. I mean... You know, you, you do something and somebody says, well, you know, that was pretty okay. It was okay. Or you come up and they say, you know, you, know, you, you come home from work and, you know, the first thing you hear through the door is, you know, you left the dishes out this morning again. And, you know, or the, the, the inevitable, can we, do, no, we can't afford that. And just the things that discourage us. And, and suddenly we can get to this place in our souls where we just don't feel adequate. We don't feel like we, we are, we're, we're any good at all. And, and, and sometimes... It could be our own voice that begins to haunt us with discouragement. You know, I'm just not getting it done here. I'm just not that good a mom. I'm just not that good a dad. I'm not that good of a provider. And we can bring this discouragement. And that's why the writer to the Hebrews in 3.13 says, but encourage one another daily, that's every day, 
as long as it is called today. Now, sometimes when you read a scripture, don't you think that's, that's kind of odd? What does that mean exactly, as long as it's called today? Is that, is that saying, as long as this present 24-hour cycle is defined by Webster as today? Is that what, no, that is not what that word today means. What that word today means in this specific time frame, today, encourage each other daily as long as you're in the same day. Every day, encourage each other. That's what that's telling us, and, and it means it you know, right now. So that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Every single day, the Lord's calling for us to be available, to be used by him, to be a voice of encouragement to other people. That's why and I've kind of had this thing that I've been trying to do for a lengthy period of time now, and I've mentioned this before in church, and that is this. If I think something good, I want to say it. Now, if I'm silent, it doesn't mean I'm not thinking good things about you, but I try to. If I think of something good, I just want to say it. If I'm thinking about one of my friends and they're not with me, I just want to send a text. Or, you know, I just, I, I just, I, I don't know what, first off, I don't want to rob somebody else of a blessing. Second is, I, I would rather mistake being too available in case it was the Lord encouraging me. I don't want to rob somebody of that. So I'm going to say it or I'm going to text it or whatever it is. I'm going to take that comment and turn it into a gift of encouragement in somebody else's soul. Every time we think something good, I want to say it. And that's why, that's why I think friendships are so important. That's why relationships, that's, that's why, I mean, small groups, um, we don't actually have a formal small group ministry in the church, but Lisa and I are in one, at least we're in a couple of small groups that we've just formed because we've chosen them. I mean, you can do that. But those kinds of relationships are so important because we can encourage each other so frequently in the image of God. It's just, you know, because be honest. If you stay away from church, for a little while. If, if you stay away from the relationships of people, you know, from close fellowship with other people for very long, our spiritual enemy will start to beat you down. He will start to hammer you. He'll start to string you out. Um, and I'm, I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be a little transparent here and give you, you know, an example of how the enemy wants to kind of discourage us. I mean, this is, this is, um, I, you know, because I can be pretty vulnerable to discouragement. I just would be that transparent with you. And, and so I'm going to tell you a little bit about me, and um, I'm, I'm telling you this to be transparent to make the point. I don't want anybody feeling sorry for me or any of that kind of stuff. I'm not, I'm not, not trying to do that, but I, I'll just share this. It's, it's, it's really rare, really, 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 really rare that I ever feel good about any message I do. I mean, I really, I really don't. I mean, I, I, I make mistakes. I care a lot about adequately representing the heart of God and providing this, this place because I don't think anything I say will ever change a person. It's the Word of God that changes people. So if we get into the Word of God and I appropriately teach it and appropriately apply what its principles say, I think the Holy Spirit gets busy and people get touched and it helps. And, and yet, so I'm just this guy that can kind of mess that up. If I don't prepare it right, I mean, that's how I look at it. I, I, a typical half-hour message, in my dreams, right? <laughs> a, a typical Sunday morning message, which I shoot for 30 minutes, and I'm happy when I'm close. So are you. I mean, I, I, mean, that, I probably spend 15 or 20 hours, literally, I mean, or more. Because if I spend five hours, it's a three-hour sermon, Right? The more long, the longer you put into it. The more, anyway, so I put all this time and this effort, and and then I still make mistakes, and I say things, and I communicate poorly, and sometimes I'm insensitive, and I with the right. I was talking to Lisa and another couple Friday night about sometimes that I've kind of just gotten in trouble from the pulpit, 
not because I intended to do something wrong, but I was insensitive to something. I gave an example, and it hurt somebody, and I never realized it. And, and I mean, every once in a while, I'll listen to some of my really old sermons, and I'll think, what? <laughs> what were you trying to say? I mean, it's like, okay. And I mean, and more often than not, when I leave the pulpit, I'm more often than not, I'm discouraged rather than encouraged. I'm just being transparent with you. And I mean, I can tell you, and I'm not going to give you any names, but I've got some friends, and, and I think about one in particular who, um, he doesn't encourage me daily because we don't interact daily. But he encourages me at least once or twice every week. And his encouragements are heartfelt. You know, almost every weekend after I preach, he either tells me or he calls me and he leaves me a voicemail and he says, you know, you know hey, God is up to something. And, and I listen to those things and I don't erase them for a long time. And then sometimes, I mean, sometimes I'll listen to them over and over and over because they encourage me. And, and, you know, I mean, because this guy knows the wear and tear that doing this is on this particular heart. I'm just, you know whatever, and, um, and, and he tells me how he sees God moving, and he tells me these things that just encourage me. And God wants you and me to encourage each other. Amen. He really does. And he wants us to do it in that same way, because, you know, it says, so that we're not hardened by sin's deceitfulness. There's this battle going on on the inside, and fear going on, you know, battle on the outside, fear on the inside. And God tells us in Hebrews 10, starting in verse 24, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Okay. Wow. Let's think of ways. So you imagine like sitting around thinking, okay, how can I encourage you? Okay, how can I encourage you to be more generous or to be more bold with your love and impact people around you? Um, and, and it goes on in verse 23. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. He's talking there about church attendance. We don't need to mention that because you're here. Way to go. Um, <laughs> But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. I think if we think something good, we should say it. We should. If you think something good, just say it some way. We're going to encourage each other daily. And then um, number two, the second thing we're going to do is I, I think we should encourage others spiritually. Encourage others spiritually. You know, it's so common that we'll encourage people. We'll say, hey, great job on that project, you know, or... Nice job remodeling your house. The colors look really good, and the cabinets, you know, a nice choice. But we don't have to let it end right there. We can take it a little bit past that and let God transform that into something spiritual that when it's appropriate. And, and that's what Paul is saying to the, to the believers in Romans, Romans 1, starting in verse 10. One of the things I always pray for is the opportunity, God willing, to come at last to see you. For I long to visit you so I can bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. So when we're around people, we're wanting to help them grow strong in the Lord to, to strengthen their faith. We want to let our hearts, you know, we want to let our words, we want to let our presence help them grow strong in the Lord. Verse 12, he says, when we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. When I'm around you, I want to build you up spiritually. I want to be built by you spiritually. And that's one reason why being with other Christians is so massively important. It's really important because when we're not regularly around people, we don't have those opportunities to get sharpened up. You know, Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen says, says as, a, as iron sharp as iron, so a man sharp as the countenance of his friend. 
The countenance. Imagine having the opportunity to shape the countenance of somebody. The countenance is a reflection of something good in their soul. You know, I, I to this day believe that I can tell, and many of you can too, you can tell when a woman is pregnant. Besides, I mean, I'm talking about at the very beginning, right? Not, not, not when it shows. But you can tell because something in their countenance, there's life going on in there. And, and okay, something of new and fresh life is going on in there. That's a great example of, 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 a, of a countenance reflection. And, and here this, this proverb tells us that we have the opportunity through encouragement to sharpen the countenance of our friend, of our friend. What a, what a privilege that is. I want to be around people that'll, that'll build me and strengthen me. And I want to strengthen other people. Um, you know, sometimes it can be something. I mean, I, I'll share a story with you, and I've shared this a little bit about this before. I, I can't remember what I've shared before. So, you know, you can say, yeah, we heard that one, Terry. Come up with, you know, tell us something different. But <clears throat> this story is, 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 is personally very, very important to me. Um, and it was, you know, as I was pastoring in that last church, and this is a long time ago, and, and I'd been pastoring for some time, and and there had been fruit. I had produced fruit in the ministry. Some things had, good things had been accomplished. But along the way, people had been hurt by me, by my temperament, by my attitude, by my ways. But by golly, I got the job done, you know, whatever the job was. And yet, you know, there, there just was enough hurt people. And, um, um, you know, so there's this, this, this philosophy among people in my, you know, in my ministry role that if you have a platform ministry and um, you have to be corrected, normally the correction needs to be public. That's one of the risks. Don't do this unless you're called by the Lord because, you know, I, I, I went to uh, my pastor and I said, this is breaking my heart and I know it's me, but I don't know what to do. And he says, well, I do. And, um, and he said, you're going to apologize and you're going to apologize to the people publicly. And he said it in love. It was, it was really, it was really something. And I knew it was so much um, the Lord. And so um, we had this special service at this other church. And the, the, the attendance of the church was a couple thousand on Sunday mornings. And and um, but we were having a special Sunday night service. And um, it wasn't just for this purpose. But this this issue kind of tipped the thing over. Okay, we're going to have a Sunday night service and it was going to be a, a Sunday night where every ministry department shared what was going on in their ministries and they shared all this vision and they saved me up for last. Nobody knew what was going on that night. We, we, we shared it as this vision Sunday and all these, all these other great staff members shared all this wonderful stuff. It was a wonderful evening for them, I'm sure. And um, I'm sitting. Now, the culture in that church at the time, this is a time ago, you know, they had these chairs up on the platform where the pastor sat. <laughs> Seems, I'm just so ashamed of that now. I just like, it, just, it was the culture. And I sat up there, and I, I'm, I'm telling you what, I wanted to claw through the sides of this chair I was sitting in and, um, you know, just jump and run. And uh, um, so they got done with all this wonderful, uplifting vision stuff. Little did the church know that we were going to do some other, some other stuff. And the pastor gets up, and he—I I didn't know what he was going to say. I thought he would, you know, he would lay some sort of groundwork for me just to come up and do what I was going to do. I knew what I was going to do. I thought I knew what I was going to do. And he gets up there, and, and he just quotes this guy named A.W. Tozer, who is this great theologian. He's dead now, uh, but basically he quotes A.W. Tozer, and he says, "When God wants to do an impossible thing, 
He takes an impossible man and he crushes him. Right? And he goes and sits down. I, I just... It, <laughs> and um, I know he meant to say that to lay the groundwork for the people. He was saying, here's the process that you're, you're now witnessing. Be aware of this. That's what he was doing. That's what the sheep, the people, I don't mean to be, that's not a denigrating, that's what the flock needed to hear some context. But there was something else. There was a backstory between me and the pastor who were friends, and he was basically saying, here's, here's what he was saying to me. God wants to do something in you, and he loves you enough. He's going to go right in there and really fix this. Why would God do that, Terry? Because he believes in you, Terry, and I do too. Now, that's the backstory of when God wants to take an impossible man, he, you know, do a possible thing, impossible man, crush And those things describe me. I was an impossible man. And God wanted to do an impossible thing. There was no way on earth I was going to change but by the Spirit of God. Some of you were in the church back then, and you might remember me back then. <laughs> okay. And I know it's my friend Tom. So, you know what? I've been laying off cats for a while. But for that, I'm coming back at you. Okay. So, you better. Okay. So, um, I've got some cat stuff. I've been saving it up on my desktop, and I just, the time is coming. Okay. So, anyway, so. Did I just threaten him? <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> you know, I knew what he was saying to me was, God believes in you, Terry, and I do too. But you've got some stuff to do here. And um, I'm a mess at this point. I, I, I thought I was ready. That completely turned me into an ugly cry mess. You know, the ugly cry. You know, whatever that is. And, um, <clears throat> and I got up and I said what I said which was, I didn't make any excuses. I just said, you know, I've hurt many of you people and it was wrong and I just need you to forgive me. And I, it didn't come out quite that smoothly and simply. I was kind of a bit of a mess, but I, I said those things. But here's the reason why I viewed his comments to me as an encouragement and why they are so meaningful to me. He didn't encourage me about the things I had built. He didn't encourage me about the goals I had achieved. He encouraged me about character that he thought he saw down in me when it wasn't showing on the outside. And character that he valued enough to say, you know what? Yeah, you've messed up, and there's a cost to that, but I'm not going to throw you away. And I felt encouraged by that. I felt encouraged by that. I mean, it's hard for me to do that. And here's the thing about this that made that encouragement even go deeper for me. He said it to me publicly in front of my wife and my children. My wife was sitting in the front row. All the pastor's wives sat together. The pastor sat up in the chair. You know, there weren't any female pastors. That, I mean, and, 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 and he said this to me, and my wife knew he was saying, I believe in you. But he said it to me publicly in front of my wife. And it just caused me to feel, you know, that is so much better than complimenting some goals I had achieved, which just kind of burn, right? All this other stuff's going to burn. You know that. That really cool car that is polished to a mirror glaze. I can see it now. <laughs> it's going to burn. It's just going to burn someday. When somebody who I respect with all my heart, who's really a, a spiritual hero to me, made the, interest, the, the choice to encourage me spiritually. 
And I think that we get opportunities to do this. You and I do. We get those opportunities all the time. You know, it's like you, you say, you, 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 you can encourage the people. You know, I love the way you love your wife. I'm pointing at you. Because it makes me want to be a better husband. I mean, I, mean I, 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 I see people, and some of you, I, I watch the way you worship, and it's authentic, and it's sincere, and it makes me want to be more intimate with the Lord. See that difference? It's not just, hey, I love watching you worship. It's, I love watching you worship, and it, it, here's how it impacts me. You know, I love the way you, you invite people to church. You're just such a magnet of joy, and I want to be more evangelistic like you. I mean, those kinds of things... Uh, you know, and, and telling people that the way that they behave that honors Jesus, point that out to them, and you take the whole the compliment to a, a spiritual level. And you know, you can do this in the common things as well. You know, your your child scores a goal, you can say, "Hey, nice shot," and be done with it. Or you can say, "Hey, nice job with that goal." The Lord has given you a, a something special, and you take it to a spiritual level. You know, congratulations on your promotion; you deserve it. Congratulations on the promotion; you deserve it. Obviously, the Lord has trusted you with a little, and now he's going to trust you with more. You just take it to a spiritual level. And what you're doing is you're taking something that's normal, and what you're actually doing is parting the curtain and showing the God part of that that they may not see. You show that you encourage them spiritually. Encourage them spiritually. And then the third thing um, that you can do, one, encourage others daily, encourage others spiritually, and the third one is this. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Encourage yourself in the Lord. I mean, it's one of the most important spiritual things you can do. And, and there's a great example of this, um, and it's in 1 Samuel 30, verse 6. Now, that's an interesting passage, a section of Scripture, where David is being chased, and the people that are chasing him, they want to kill him. Um, I'm not going to go into the details of the context more than that, except to tell you that he was, you know, he was really, really distressed. He, trouble on the outside, fear on the inside. Okay, he's in one of those things, one of those situations. And here's what Scripture says in verse six: "But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God." I love that. He encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Maybe there was nobody with him. Maybe he was in a cave, and there was nobody there. But the Lord was there, and he encouraged himself in in the Lord his God. You know, anytime you hear voices of discouragement, you know, trying to tear you down. You can decide to encourage yourself in the Lord. Trouble on the outside, if you're on the inside, you know, God's an encourager that is discouraged. So I encourage myself in the Lord God. And, you know, you, you, you may say, well, okay, but preacher boy, I'm not a preacher, and, you know, but, but you can say things to yourself. You know, you, 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 can, you can remind yourself that the Lord is going to supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. I feel encouraged by that. You know, if my God is for me, who could be against me? I know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes. The enemy meant this for evil, but my God is going to turn the tables on the devil and he's going to use it for good. Now, those are all verses that I've, you know, kind of picked up over the years, you know, and, and you can encourage yourself and, and, and whatever your circumstances are, you can remind yourself of verses like that and know that my God is going to be there at the end of this thing and we're going to get there okay. We will. You know, um, I was thinking about ways you can encourage yourself in the Lord, and I read about this example, and so I brought one. And this is, this is what's called a um, five-year journal. This is an example. It's just a book. Um, we have probably a picture of the page, I think. 
And so that's you, hard to see that. But like, okay, so the, what, it, what you have is each page, there's 365 pages in here, and each page is a date on the calendar. And there's a place to put a line or two for that date for five consecutive years. So what you do is you use this journal and you go through it and it takes you five years to get through it. So like each day, like for example, notice that how it's March 13th, today's date in my example. Good job, huh? Encourage me about the fact that I dug that one. Okay, here. So, um, so what you do is you, is you just write a couple of lines. This is not like a diary. You, you think about what's going on in your life, you know, what, what, what you're praying about, what kind of challenge you face, and maybe what kind of things God did that encourages you. you today. So you write those things down. And over the course of the year, you accumulate all this, these one-liners, these little tiny short brief things. The next year, you're back on March 13th again. You say, oh, I was praying about that thing last year. Oh, and I remember, I thought, I thought the world was ending. But God came through. I remember that now. And then sometime later, you'll get to the date where you wrote down, God fixed that thing that I was so dark about and was so sure. And, and, and you come back a year later, and there's this encouraging thing that's, that's in, your, in your book. And it's simple. It doesn't take a lot of time. It's a good way to encourage yourself, you know. You say, I was praying for that, and, and, and you write these things down. And as you do that and you encounter them, your faith gets encouraged. Because you think, okay, today I'm facing this deal. I just heard some terrible news about a cousin. But look at all the stories here where the Lord has come through. I know that a year from now, I will already know where God showed up in this circumstance. And my faith is encouraged. This is a way you can encourage yourself in the Lord. I mean, um, I brought about five of these. So Seth is here somewhere. He's going to have this little box. Pastor said, there he is. Here, let me give these to you now. Thank you. If you want one, just go see him after church and he'll give it to you. Um, but that's another way you can encourage yourself in the Lord. And, and that's it. And I, I just, I, I want to encourage myself in the Lord. And I want to encourage myself in the Lord. And then I want to encourage myself in the Lord. And I think somebody or some buddies here, some people here, you know, you need to hear this because you came to church today with some pretty heavy voices of discouragement going on in your life. You know, you're never going to make it. You're not going to get done. You're never going to get through this. Your kids are going to go the wrong way. You're never going to get out of that financial hole. These negative... You know, your health isn't good and there's no turning back at this point. You know, trouble on the outside, but fear on the inside. What do we do? We first, we embrace the truth that our God encourages the discouraged. Then, as God encourages you, you choose to become a gift to other people. You just choose it. You just choose it. And every time you think something good, you say it. We encourage each other daily. We encourage each other spiritually. And then you remember to encourage yourself in the Lord. My God has always been faithful. I've got all these records. I have all these memories. He'll be there. He'll be there. He'll carry me through this. One of the, one of the most... Spiritual things you can do is be a voice of encouragement. When people around you are tearing the world and themselves apart, you choose to be an encourager to be 
and encourager, and that will make you more like God, and it will make you more like Jesus. You bless yourself and others around you. So <clears throat> we kind of have a deal planned in advance. I normally would close, say, close your eyes and pray, but I've asked Eric if um, he could just take the burden of talking off of my vo- vocal cords for now. So would you close your eyes and let uh, Pastor Eric lead us in prayer?